When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening. David Wilney and Dan Menzel, Sports ASA. All thanks to Irrigear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. A big, warm summer coming up, so just remember that name. Irrigear, if you want to give us a ring, one 736 736 or text on 0427 154 166. Dan Menzel, how are you? I'm going well, thanks, Woods. It's a really nice uh, Tuesday afternoon here in Adelaide. Oh, beautiful weather. 20, 21, 22 degrees sort of thing outside. So, um, yeah, no, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, what's taking you today? We nothing much happening in the the trade situation from yesterday. No, there hasn't been too much. It it almost we kick off yesterday. A few things get through, and then you almost it gets on put on hold a little bit. Or I guess there's a bit of hardball being played at the moment, which I think we'll see for most of this week. We know that a lot of things will happen next week, and it will it will conclude at seven o'clock in Adelaide, seven thirty Eastern time next Wednesday night. So we'll see a lot of deals done at the end uh, on Wednesday, but um, Port Adelaide had their best and fairest. That's uh, done, and as predicted last night, Zach Butters won it. We but picked the top five in order. I was going to say you you put William Drew in there, and that was a great. Well, guess. Sam got a leer bit just behind. You had Pal Pepper after that, so yes. we got the top six. We're we're claiming. Nah, we're... Sam wants his credit, so we did get the top six. So well done to everyone involved. Um, but uh, yeah, look, Zach Butters, congratulations! A great season. He won the he won nearly every award. He won the coaches. Uh, yeah, he did, and then yeah, he, he won did. the footy show as well, and and obviously Port Adelaide's best and fairest. Wonderful. Um, Connor Rosie came second, uh, Dan Houston third, uh, Willem Drew fourth, and I think Aaliyah Aaliyah was fifth. A big night. We've got Daniel Norton a little bit later too, uh, General Manager of Media, and Daniel's also awarded Life Membership. has been there for 14 years. And you talk about some clubs doing it well. He's been outstanding, Dan. When when we required players or requests, there's never been a hindrance, always on the front foot. You look, if I can't get you so-and-so, would so-and-so be, be good enough? And I think he's been outstanding. So... Well done to Zach Butters. We might play a grab from from Zach himself. I mean, to win a best and fairest prior to this year, he'd only, I think, had five or six Brownlow medal votes, and he, he gets 27 or 28. So the young man had a fantastic year. Here's Zach Butters. Uh, Robbie, I'm, I'm not sure what's in the number nine or what you did to it, but um, I'm not sure if there's only... I'm not sure if many of you in the room are like Mike fans, but, um, yeah, tonight is probably a similar story. I think you passed on some tricks and some good luck with it, so I appreciate that. probably missed a few people and I'll, I promise I will follow up and um, reach out. Um, but just to end, um, to the playing group and the football club, um, I'd just like to say, I feel like it's not what we say, it's what we do. Let's all get better, help each other, take this mission on together. And like Kenny always says, you get what you deserve. Thank you. Zach Butters there speaking after winning the best and fairest. And uh, it's really nice to hear him touch on 
Uh, Robbie Gray and how he's taken that over. Number nine. Yeah, the number nine. And uh, it's all about the actions and what they do moving forward, which was very similar to what Koshi, their president, has said uh, about becoming, or their chairman, about becoming an action club. And let's use the lessons of 2023 to drive us next year, to bring us closer and even more connected. When Port Adelaide is united and connected, we can achieve incredible things. And we all have great belief in you as a group going forward. Here's to letting our actions do all the talking in 2024. Yeah, just on that, Dan, he, he made the point... Not sure whether it's right. We'll speak to Dan Norton about it. He said, look, we no one had us in the top eight. Well, some of us did. I think I had them seventh eight. Most people had put around the, the eight. Right around the mark, yeah. He said, we win 17 games, win 13 on the trot, we finish second or third or whatever. That's way better than what anyone else thought. But the, the problem there is when you get into position with a double chance, you go in straight sets. And to be honest, they got smashed by Brisbane and, and the Giants should have beaten them by six or eight goals with all the chances they had too. So they were way off the pace. So um, perhaps he's trying to polish a little bit. Yes, they had a great minor round. Yep. But they had a horrible final series. Yeah, they did. And it was the conclusion to the end of the season. You could see it happening for a number of weeks after they went on that massive winning streak. But it is an interesting one because if you compare them to Melbourne at the start of the year, Melbourne arguably or were flag favourites. Yes. And then you look at Port Adelaide and they certainly weren't given any hope of winning the premiership this year. So both go out in straight sets. Melbourne's is seen as very much a fail. Poor, it's, I agree that once you make it, you should be able to compete. You're in that position for a reason. But it did it did show that there is a few things they definitely have to get right. And we know that they're going to go to the draft and also in the trade period, they're going to look at picking up a few players. But, um, yeah, the finals is something they haven't quite got right you, over recent times. Do you think looking at what they're bringing in, bearing in mind that I think they're probably five or six goals short of the very best sides, is that going to be enough? They'll lose Dersma and they'll get these uh, three players that really, you know, didn't play every game at the clubs they're coming from and they don't have a great draft hand. So is that going to be, or is this going to be organic growth? Can you see them bouncing up into a grand final next year? No, oh, it's, it's a tough question. It's, they're going to need a lot of organic growth because they have some holes in their team and some deficiencies that they've got players that will be there next year. They were in the team this year that yeah, need most to of them get, will be. they need to get better, plain and simple, because if you're going to come up against opposition teams that have the likes of a Bobby Hill or a Toby Green or these guys, you need a, you need a lockdown defender in the back line that can do a job, and that's a deficiency for them. So they've got players that can play it, but they need to improve. So it's going to take a lot of organic growth because I think the guys coming in aren't going to make them a six-goal better team. Yeah. Like They're just plain and simply not. Now, we know that Butters, Rosie, Houston, William Drew – Pal Pepper, Horn Francis, they're all young. There's youth there. So they will continue to develop and get better. But it's probably the guys underneath them that I think need to take the big step so that they've got more than the six or seven guys that they can really rely on. They need a good 10 to 15 players, which is what we've seen with Collingwood this year. I think they need massive years out of Marshall and George Artis. George Artis coming back off a knee. Hopefully he'll be a, he's, he's a real talent. But Todd Marshall's been disappointing. He's, he's had concussions. I I think Todd Marshall's an, a fantastic talent, but he needs to stand up. He's been in the club for seven years. He needs to stand up. Charlie Dixon's getting old, won't play every game, you'd think. So it's going to be Marshall and maybe even Ollie Lord that have to do the heavy lifting. Yeah, and which is interesting because uh, you would think that they're still developing and they're still not quite there. It's also going to put some pressure on those guys if they bring him in. If Jordan Sweet comes in and he's the number one ruck, it's, that's a lot of pressure that he's going to have to then play at that level. Same with Zerk Thatcher if he's in the side. And then you've obviously got Asava Radagalia. So they, there's going to be a 
need to be a lot of organic growth from their team if they are going to compete next year. When you look at the compensation, we spoke about Tom Duday. I mean, Crows have done remarkably well if they get pick 19 or 20 wherever it lands uh, in the first round. Ben McKay, who to me is is an average footballer so far in his career. He's a yep. big boy, takes a good mark, intercept mark, but he hasn't had a wonderful career yet playing in, in a poor side. He's, he's gone to big money. Good luck to him there. But but North Melbourne get pick three. Yeah. Pick, pick three yep. for Ben Mackay. So they have currently now have pick two and pick oh. three in the upcoming draft. It's it's Serious? It's correct. I, I agree with that. I, I called the gather-round game here when they played against Brisbane, and he played on Danaher at times. And we're not say he played on him. He wasn't within 15 metres of him. They both came out and kicked five goals each. Um, now, it was, that was a little bit more system, but um, – yeah, it's pick three, I think, for what he is so far done. I definitely think it's overs. Um, They're going to look at the way they do this compensation pick. Remember, Buddy Franklin went at 19. Yeah. Arguably one of the greatest we've yep. ever seen. Yep. Which, and so what's happening now is it's you're getting overs for players. Like, we thought that I would be end of end Second of the 20s. Round. Yeah. yeah. End of, or maybe early 30s. And yep. Adelaide have got pick 20 for him. So... You're getting some pretty nice compensation for players, which is why teams are almost going, okay, if you want to leave, that's okay, because we're going we're gonna to get something pretty good back. Yeah, I, I think it's staggering. And Collingwood, they're going for Lockie Shields too, which would they'd be certainly add to their depth. Oh, no destination be, club. Well, he finished sixth in their best and fairest at Fremantle. That's going to be a big loss for them um, because he was so good for them this season. As we might just take a look at a couple of the best and fairest results. So we've talked about Port Adelaide's already. Jordan Dawson, we know, won the Crows' best and fairest. Rory Lev was second. Taylor Walker in third. Uh, I thought maybe a little bit stiff there. He probably, the year he had, could have easily won it, if and, not second. And the one that really had a good year too, missed a couple of games. I was at Rankin fourth, I think, wasn't he? Yes, for, he was fourth. That's um, a great year. It is a great year, and it just shows the upside there is massive with him. But if we have a look at, around the league at a few other clubs, it's still a midfielder's award. And I say that because if I go to some of the best key position players, or the ones that were right up there in the comments. But so, Dan, not entirely. This is two backmen, two full backs won the best and fairest. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. however, all right, we'll go it's through. mainly midfield. It mainly is. We'll go through a couple of these. So Charlie Curnow finished third in uh, Carlton's best and fairest. Weedering won Wins it. it. Uh, Nick Newman came second. Now, yeah, he had great. a good year, yeah. Nick Newman, but Charlie Curnow won the Coleman, for, for, uh, rightfully so. So it's an interesting one. The other one I mentioned, Tex, Oscar Allen. He had an amazing year in the All-Australian squad. He came second. Tim Kelly won. Kelly had, a incredible had a really year. good year. Um, Nick Larkey came second in their best and fairest. Harry Shoes won that. Now, yeah. he had a good year as a first-year player, but what Nick Larkey did for North Melbourne in a team that lost 18 straight or whatever it was, He's kicked more than 60 goals, Dan, 70 you, goals for the year. You should know forwards don't get recognition. No, I'm aware. You should know that. And then the last one was Joe Danaher, finished seventh in Brisbane's yeah. best and fairest. Harris Andrews won that. He did. So um, there was, yeah, some interesting results. Most of the other ones look pretty spot on, to be honest. But um, Sinclair wins St Kilda. Yeah, which which was right. Zach Merritt won by mile. Kyle Langford had a great year. He finished second in Essendon's best and fairest. So some good reward there. We know how good Sarong and Anderson's years were for their team. So... They were very good. Will Day, South Aussie Will Day, oh, won Hawthorns. Oh, he beat John Newcomb, so that's that's a great result. Because Newcomb and Warple both had great years too. Oh, they did, and and so there's some good young talent there at Hawthorne. Now, there's a reason why GWS finished the season so strongly, and it's so promising for next year. This is their top five in their best and fairest: Toby Green, Stephen Coniglio, Tom Green, Lockie Whitfield, Josh Kelly. Yeah. That is the engine room right there. That is their absolute class. It's why. They're going to be hard to beat again next season, and you should be optimistic if you're a Giants fan. Petrarca was obviously far too good for Melbourne, but Viney finished second. He had yep. a really good year. 
Um, and then if we go to the Tigers, Taranto was always going to win that. But Dustin Martin, he, he turned the clock back a little bit, finished second in their best and fairest. I think the worst call was not putting Taranto on the top 40 in the All-Australian. Yeah, that, like, that he, was bizarre. He was amazing and, and polled very well in the brown low too. He did. Um, Machito Owens, great, great year for him at St. Kilda. He finished fourth in their did best he? and fairest. That just shows how well or how highly rated he is there. And um, we know how well Errol Gordon polled in the brown low medal. Well, how about the Sydney Bob Skilton medal count? Nick Blakey came second with 481 votes. Errol Gordon won with 738 votes. So it's no surprise that he absolutely flew up the board in the Brownlow medal. He had an incredible year. He's going to be an unbelievable player for a long time for the Swans. six best set of the last eight games, I think. Six best on ground. And the other, the other reason why the Swans are all in, their young talent is as good as anyone in the comp. This is their top ten. Errol Gordon, Nick Blakey, James Rowbottom, Chad Warner finished fifth, Florence sixth, Mills eighth, and Pat nine. They've got a, a lot of good talent for a long time. Well, Dan, that was a good all thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin oil of all. The grown harvested and first coal pressed in Northern Victoria. I love it. We use it every night in the well, I don't, but Gail, <laughs> my lovely partner does. Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin oil of all. Just go out and, and find some. Look for that name, Cobram. Cobram Estate. Coming up on the show, thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6, the up to 528 kilometres of range. That is incredible. The old electric car there. Cooper Merley, young lad, uh, went to Collingwood. We'll ask him about how that went. He didn't get a game. It wasn't great for him, but uh, he is a wonderful young man. Dan Norton, general media manager of uh, Media Port Adelaide, made a life member. We'll talk about Zach Butters. And Tuesdays, true or false? Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, David Wildey and Dan Menzel with you. It's time for the leg up, uh, thanks to it's Australia's fastest growing tipping service. And they've gone for a real outsider here, Wilds. Warwick Farm, race six, number 11, Serene Nick. So this is running about 19 to 1 odds. They normally give us, tip us into a few winners around the 3 4 $5 mark. So they reckon it's a, a mare that's worth the gamble at the odds. So she's beaten a couple of class mares in her time, and uh, it's well worth a watch tomorrow. So Warwick Farm number six, uh, race six, sorry, number 11, Serene Nick. I reckon Blighty be looking forward to that. So get a leg up on the bookies, Australia's fastest growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. Just want to move on to uh, Trade Radio too. Now, that's brought to us by CMC Invest, international investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. I want to play a couple of grabs. This is Scotty Lucas. Uh, now, Scotty Lucas is a player manager, isn't he? He is. Uh, he's talking about Asava Radigalia. Uh, he's enjoyed his time at Geelong thoroughly, requested a trade at Port Adelaide. Now it's up just to the clubs um, to work out what both parties think is fair and reasonable, and us, in a sense, as we do occasionally, to broker that. Uh, but it's my expectation and the strong feeling that uh, Asava will get to Port Adelaide. He's yeah. busy at this time and this period. Scotty Lucas, he's got Asava. He had, he's done the Tom Doday deal, and he's also got Taylor Adams, and that's a very interesting one to see what happens there with Taylor Adams and Sydney. Uh, certainly not disappointed at any stage, uh, Kane, but you do assess the role that he's playing um, and how that sits and, and what opportunities might be out there for him. And you have that, to my earlier comment around open discussions with clubs, yeah, be open with them the whole time and the player and just work through it.
So Scott Lucas talking about Taylor Adams there. It sounds like it's probably going to get done because of opportunities that he'll have at Sydney compared to Collingwood. And they might need a selection to yeah. pick up Lockie Schiltz. So Great point, yep. That's Continental Tyres trade update. We're talking Asava Radigalia and Taylor Adams. Very, very interesting stuff there. Okay, we've got Tuesday's True or False. Love this little part. I've got a couple of good ones for you too. Toolkit Depot. A tools, equipment, safety gear and work where I've been in there myself. They've got everything that opens and shuts. Toolkit Depot, everything you need on one roof, equipment, safety gear and work where. Okay, you're opening the batting. I am opening the batting. I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball here from the EPL. Tottenham will win the EPL this year under Ange Postacoglu. Oh, if, look, I'd, lo- I'd love to the say... top of the table. I'd love to say true, but I'll say false. Yep. Um, he's had an amazing start. We spoke about Ange last night and hopefully Carl Veer a little bit later too, but... Um, no, I've got all the other clubs in my favour, so I'll say yep. false, but I reckon he'll be around the mark. He will, they will certainly be around the mark. They love him, don't they? Okay, here's one for you. World Cup, Alex Carey and Cam Greens, both of them, their places in jeopardy in the World Cup after some recent poor performances. That's absolutely true. I think Josh Inglis's form in recent years has been fantastic for WA in particular, and and we know what he can do, and and they're certainly, I think, not quite there, but they're close to making that decision. The other one with with um, Cam, Green. Cam Green is Stoinis, yeah. obviously, uh, and they look, they both had success in the IPL, so they both had success in India. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those moves were made. So true, definitely in jeopardy. Cam Green just going through a bit of a tough trot. He got hit in the head too in South Africa, really nasty. He's been hit twice now, concussed and retired, but. Yeah, look, he, he, I thought he's the best young cricket I've seen for many a year, but just starting to slow up there. True hey, or false, yep. uh, Will? Sydney will win this trade period. I think that's true. I think it's true if they get Grundy, if they get Taylor Adams. Did they? James Jordan went there too, didn't and he? And Joel Hamlin's gone there yeah. as well. Uh, They've already signed. won it. Yeah. Already they, won it. So true. Yep. True, true, true. Both Dersman brothers will land with the Bombers. In 2024. Oh, that's interesting. I, I think that's true. I think that we'll see Xavier get there and then they'll find a way to get both of them there. So uh, the Bombers are making big moves. They will hope to win the trade period, but um, it's interesting to see what happens. I think that's true. Okay. Uh, Wields, I've got one more for you. Uh, true or false? This has just recently come up too. North should trade pick two and pick three for pick one to get Harley Reid. Oh, Wow. No, I'll say false because I reckon you're going to get a really decent player at two and three. I agree. Harley Reid's obviously good, but I yep. reckon number two. You get two cracks at and it. And number three. Yeah, yeah. You could have a big and a small or key and a uh, sitting there. I like your question, though. It was very good. And one quick one for you. Nick Dacos, we're not winning two Brownlow medals. Oh. Uh, not where's he won one yet, but in his career, he's going to win two. I'm going to say false. And the reason being is uh, I think it happens all the time. We see a player play so well and everyone's like, this guy will win multiple Brownlow medals. And we've said that about Marcus Bontempelli before yeah. and it hasn't happened. So they're not easy to win. I'm going to say false on that one. Yeah, I reckon you'll get one. I think the umpires love me. Just got to play the full yep. 24, 23 rounds there. We're talking Nick Dacos. Uh, catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com.au. Yeah, I'll just give you a quick update, Wields, on the ODI Cricket World Cup. England taking on Bangladesh today uh, before Pakistan plays Sri Lanka tonight. England won for 262 of 37 overs. So they're going to make 400. Milan 136 and Joe Root 69 not out. They are cruising. They're going to make 400. Still a big show to come.
Cooper Murley, and also Port Adelaide's Daniel Norton, not far away. Zach Butters won the best in Ferris. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities. Welcome back to Sports Day. Dan Menzel and David Wildeal. Thanks to Mate. Fair dinkum internet without the fuss. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr goal. Gee, she's kicked some good goals or scored some great goals. We're talking Mate. Well, last night was Port Adelaide's best and fairest. We're joined by the GM of media. He's done some remarkable things. Been at the club since 2008 and awarded life membership to Dan Norton. Always easy to deal with Dan too. When uh, Whenever you want someone, you ring up Dashing Dan and he gives you someone. Dan, Daniel, congratulations. Well done. Thanks, Wilds, and, uh, and thanks for having me on the program, uh, Dean and, uh, and, and Wilds. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing night last night, and, uh, yeah, quite humbling, to be honest. So what does it mean? We're going to get into the best and fairest in Port Adelaide in your year and have a look at in review and that, but what does that mean to you? Because you go there, I know you, you've always loved Port Adelaide. I think you you went there under Hatar Frashid's guidance and you made it up to the top. I, I know you've done a lot of study outside. So what does it mean to you? Well, it's it's uh, it's a huge honour, uh, you know, it's for myself. It represents more than that. It's probably I'm a generational Port Adelaide supporter. So, Wilds, I was going, started going back in you know 1982 as a seven year old with my <laughs> mum at Albert and Oval and 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 so Footy Park and all the grounds around Adelaide and um, it was just incredible. You'd, you'd you'd catch a couple of buses there. We didn't have a lot of money, mum and I. But what you did is you is you connected over over football and, and sport and, and Port Adelaide like other clubs, but Port Adelaide probably does it as good as anybody, brings communities together, makes you feel like you're part of a, a bigger cause and a family. And from there you grow and you, and, you, and you love the club. And I was fortunate enough, you know, during my teenage years to see a lot of premierships supporter with the Maggies and the SNFL. And, and then more fortunate in my adult life to, um, to get a job, um, you know, start off as the media coordinator and then, general manager of yeah. the media and comms team over the last sort of 10 years. So I've been there for now uh, all up 15 and a half years. So it's Jeez. been a, a, an amazing journey. I actually spoke about a story last night, Wilds, when I accepted it. You, you might have played in this game. I One of my earlier memories of Port Adelaide, I had Craig Bradley's number on the back of my yep. duffel coat, number 21, Craig. And you might recall, you might have erased this one, but Port came from, I think, 43 points down at three-quarter time against North at Prospect. And, uh, and Craig Bradley kicked this torpedo in front of the Prospect Cricketers Club to put us in front. It was one of those amazing memories. And Craig was there last night. Uh, that yeah. was the most significant part because he was there to talk about Jeff Motley, who had, who had you know, club legend who had passed. And he was there specifically for that. So to have Craig there, and uh, it just made it a very special night. I remember Craig Bradley. He was in state cricket, uh, squad at the same time as myself. And we did the lap around the weir, which Stan Menzel was going to do tonight. And he almost lapped everybody. <laughs> it was that... Bloody quick and that fit. He lapped everybody. Hey, who told you about your award? When did you find out? Oh, it was strange. It was strange. I I found out in a in a in a different way. I probably probably shouldn't have found out this one. I've just been <laughs> um, put onto the life members and awards committee at Port Adelaide. So yep. ironically enough, it was I'm on that committee. And I got told to leave a meeting about six weeks ago and, you know, Brian Cunningham's on the committee and David Hutton and CEO Matthew. Anyway, so I, was, I was Matthew Richardson. I was told to leave. Anyway, they were talking about life membership. I wasn't aware. And then David Hutton, God bless him, he's a ripper, sent around an email for our next meeting a couple of weeks ago and said, 
look, here's the agenda. Um, we're going to go through these points. Can you please re- pre-read the agenda? I pre-read the agenda, got down to Life Members, and read that I'd been nominated <laughs> as Life Member over email. So then oh. I sat out the following morning at the meeting. So look, it was uh, it was a. I, I don't care how I find out. The the the, the bottom line is. Um, Life member Port Adelaide, I'm, I'm, I'm really humbled and it's very special. Yeah, no, well done, Norts, and congratulations on that. How was the feel around the night and around the club last night? Obviously not the finish to the season that Port Adelaide would have loved with going out in straight sets, but um, clubs do best and fairest pretty well. How was the feel last night? It's a good question, Dan. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those... It's one of those nights where you, you try and get the balance right, don't you? It's, it's, a, it's an individual awards night. Yet it's a it's a night of coming together as a group, as a team, where you reflect upon sort of team performance as well. The energy in the room was was really really high um, all night. There was a, a great sense of positivity that the young group uh, is going in the right direction. Uh, David Koch spoke about it. Ken Hinckley spoke about it, and so it was a night of of positivity, looking forward, growing, whilst at the same time you you honour the champion, as in Zach Butters winning his award and also farewell champions like Tom Jonas, of course. So you have this, um, it's, it's an emotional night at times. It's a positive night at times. It's a really important night of reflection. So I would sum it up by saying a lot of energy, a lot of, a lot of positivity, um, and still a lot of confidence moving forward, Dan. Yeah, and it, you're right. It definitely is an emotional night, which we saw with Melbourne. There wasn't any Stephen May-like comments last <laughs> night, was there? <laughs> no, nothing to... Uh, as bold as uh, <laughs> as Stephen in terms of uh, reflecting upon where he thought Melbourne might have been, and you know that's the, you know that's for him to make comment on that. But um, no, no, it was more you know we had to own our performance. Um, the reality is, as David David Koch said, we're a really really good home and away team. We've now got to get to be a really really good finals team, and I that's heard, the and that's the gap we've got to bridge. I heard Koshy speak, and he made some very good points. He said no one really thought Port would be, you know, second or, or third to finish up in the minor round. You won 17 games, you won 13 on the trot, lose two out of your first three and things like this. And But I suppose it comes back to finals. Expectations change, Daniel, when you get there with a double chance, and that's when Port was so disappointing. I know you're banged up. There's a lot of reasons, but that's probably why the expectations change. At the start of the year, no one had you there, but when you are there, mm. obviously you want to go forward. Well, that's right, and, and you know our, our expectations, like most clubs, I imagine, we started the year thinking we want to win this thing. Like we want to win the premiership. We think we build a list. I think Ken said at the start of the year, it's one of the best lists he's coached. So, our internal expectations, even before making finals, was that we're on the path here to to success. Um, we got found out in finals. That's the reality. Um, our, our young midfield was was exposed. We've spoken about it publicly. We were banged up. We have to get better, and, and and looking at the quality of the grand final, um, there's a couple of steps for this group to take. So we're aware of that. Um, you know, obviously we'll use the trade period to try and um, you know fill some particular positions that we need on our list and 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 grow from there. So look, we still think there's an upside, but to your point, David, yeah, disappointing to go out certainly in straight sets. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was disappointing for Port fans. Uh, what does it look like from here for you now, Norts? Uh, do you get to put your foot feet up at any stage? Or is it uh, with this trade period, obviously over the next couple of weeks, pretty flat out for you? Well, I reckon I've got about November 1 marked on the calendar in really <laughs> big highlight. I reckon I might take a couple of weeks off in around about November 1. Yeah, the um, 
the trade period um, closes uh, next Wednesday night, the 18th, I think it is, and then and then there's a few things to tidy up thereafter. So, look, I think I can get a couple of weeks off then in, in early November. Uh, the players return, I think, late November, around November 27. Work hard, train hard up until Christmas and a, a couple of more weeks off then. So, no, it's, it, it, it is a long season, but, you know, ultimately it's what we love to do and, yeah, I'll, I'll get a break at the right time. Can I ask you about Ken Hinckley, Daniel? You're very close to him. You work with him. And I, I, once again, an amazing job to the mine around. He, he did declare he had a very good list, but things went against you late in the season. Um, in the wash-up, how was Ken and how was he last night? And, um, you know, it's obviously disappointing when you go out in straight sets, but give us a perhaps a snapshot of, of Kenny Hinckley. Yeah, Kenny's one of the most resilient men I've, I've, I've met in, I've been, you know, involved in footy a long time now and he is, he, he is so focused and so resilient on, on, on what he and the group can achieve. Um, that resilience hasn't changed. He's up for the fight as much as I've, I've ever seen anyone up for the fight. Last night he was, he was very reflective in his speech. Those that would have seen it, he was reflective. He was, um, he was strong on, um, Port Adelaide, a strong Port Adelaide, you know, coming together uh, as one and being um, being a very strong force, and and then of course he was emotional at times when he was reflecting upon Tom Jonas and 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 his career with him as a player. So he had those moments of um, high energy emotion and then pride when he you know when he announced Zach Butters as best and fairest. So yeah, I see Ken as being you know very focused on 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 what he needs to be done and. Um, you know, once you know, once he gets through the next period of time, the trade period, like me, he'll have a break and then and then be ready to go for preseason. North, I think it's interesting, Koshy's comments, which you mentioned before about being a really good home and away team, but not quite there as a finals team at the moment. It's very similar. It's almost probably a year or two behind the Brisbane Lions. The Lions, obviously, have been mm. very good for a number of years now, and. And then this year, they finally made that step and got to that grand final. Again, one kick goes a different way and they end up being premiers this year. So I guess with that, that probably provides a bit of hope as well that this the learning from obviously their last four or five years in particular can hopefully come in over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's, it's a snapshot of what happened to Port Adelaide 20 years ago when you were obviously a young fellow then, Dan, but we would remember this where Port Adelaide was the most sort of winningest club across the home and away period, 2001, 2002, 2003, winning two minor premierships in that time and not quite getting the job done. It's the ability to be able to, you know, learn from those defeats. And sometimes, as, as was said last night, your greatest wins come out of the, your hardest losses. So Brisbane have grown. Um, I think I think Chris, Fa- uh, Chris Fagan said that, you know, sometimes you've got to, you've got to get there and taste defeat to, to win. You know, I don't necessarily know if that is right, but I do know that what this group learned through that finals campaign mm. will serve this group in great stead moving forward. Yeah, I suppose Collingwood did that. They lost Heartbreaker last year and they win the Premiership the next year. Hey, footy clubs are mm. uh, a time of change. You spoke about Tom Jonas, remarkable man. He perhaps not the most skillful player, but bought you to give it all for Port Adelaide. Then we see Dersma perhaps going to the Bombers or has requested a trade. That's a, that's a cycle of footy clubs. And, and Nathan Bassett, I want to speak about Bass. He's been great for you too, and he's been a, a casualty. Every club makes change, Daniel, but Bass has been really good for Port. He's been amazing. He's, and I'm, you know, I, I know Nathan very well, worked closely with him over his eight years at the club, and 
And, you know, Ken singled out Nathan last night in terms of his contribution to the club. He's he's a deep football thinker. Anyone that knows knows Bass knows how much he, he cares for his players, cares for the game, dissects the game, reflects upon it. So um, his contribution to Port Adelaide, uh, enormous over the late uh, the, the last eight years. Uh, it was great to work with. Like I said, a great man. And um, look, no doubt um, he'll find his space within football moving forward, no question. As you leave us, Zach Butters, a very worthy win. He's just won, won about everything this year. And uh, boy said in commentary, if he's six foot four, he'd kill someone. Daniel, he's, just, he's that sort of player. He's just so <laughs> aggressive. But is it true that he, he won a car and gave it to his mum? In one of the awards? Uh, I, rec- I, I have heard that. I, re- I, I think that through the Channel 9... He won uh, a Sunday car somewhere. Show. You're yeah. right. He, he, he won a car. And I think it's, he's, he's given it to his mum. I, I, I know... You know, he values obviously both mum and dad, and he spoke about last night, but he's particularly close to his mum, who's been a huge supporter across his career. So uh, I think you're right, and, and it rings a bell. He's generous to a fault, Zach, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Always willing to help out others. Um, you know, was speaking last night at the post-match, um, at the post-Best um, and Ferris press conference about, you know, how he wants to give back to children in need through the Ronald McDonald house, yeah. et cetera. So he's, he, he's, he's really focused on what he can do to help others. So that is not a surprise, you know, great to hear that, you know, he's done that, but what a year he had, Wilds and Dan. I mean, he, he just grew from, from, you know, a 22 year old last year to what he's doing now as a, as a 23 year old, I think he got six votes in the Brownlow last year, yeah. 27 this year. And, um, He's just going to get better and better. Mate, well done again. Well done to Zach and, and Connor Rosie and Dan Houston. Well done to yourself too, and uh, thanks for all your help during the year. Thanks, Wills. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me, and uh, all the best, guys. Great work, Norton. Daniel Norton, uh, life member of Port Adelaide Media General Manager, and uh, he's so, so good with us, so good with us at all. Well, we can go from Daniel uh, to Cooper Murley. Uh, Cooper Murley, we spoke when Cooper got drafted, Dan, a couple of a couple of um, years ago, Cooper Merley for tyre power. Great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. He went to Collingwood. Very hard team to break into. Some clubs are yeah. probably easier than others. And and unfortunately, Cooper didn't get a game. But he joins us now. Cooper, welcome back to Adelaide. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Tell us about the experience. I know it didn't quite work out how you perhaps you wanted to. But going to Collingwood, professional club, they win a flag. You're still employed there. Tell us about your experience. Um, yeah, look, I don't really have too many words for the, to, to describe the uh, experience from two weekends ago. But, um, yeah, to be a part of that, um, and, I mean, the club environment um, and, you know, the fan base and all that sort of stuff, we get made to feel just as a part of it as the blokes playing on the day. So um, to experience that with 44 other of your best mates is pretty special. Yeah, really well done, Cooper, and, and well put. That it would have been a special day for everyone involved at the footy club. And uh, from the stands, were you always confident they were going to get it done, or did you get a bit nervous when Joe Danaher kicked that last one? Yeah, look, I was I was com- pretty confident coming into it, and then throughout the whole game, I think most of the people who watch our games probably go through the highs and lows. But yeah, I was a bit on edge when Danaher kicked that last goal, but. Um, given how many times we've been in that situation, still uh, held a little bit of confidence. So just on that, it, it's incredible belief that the group must have. Um, what does Fly McRae 
instilled or talk about? Is there something inside the four walls that everyone goes, all right, if we're in this situation, we know what to do, we're confident? Because the results, they show you that Collingwood just always seems to get it done or has in the recent years. Yeah, I suppose he doesn't preach too much. Um, I guess we just train those situations so, so much at training. Um, and, you know, we have different different types of plays that we might go into in those dying minutes, either to try and save the game or win the game. Um, and we just train that pretty much every single day that we're in the club. So, um, you know, I guess the boys just got so familiar with with that scenario. And, um, you know, obviously for the boys not playing, um, you know, we were able to play some sort of part in that, um, you know, whether we're putting pressure on the AFL team or, um, you know, trying to get better ourselves. We just trained it that often that, um, yeah, the boys were just so comfortable when they got into that situation. And so, Cooper, just before we get on to your plans moving forward, how was Mad Monday? I, I had heard a little whisper that you drove uh, maybe Bobby Hill, the Normsman medalist, to Mad Monday. How was that day? Uh, yeah, look, super special. I mean, um, there's no better way to sort of celebrate a premiership win. I guess it always makes Mad Monday a little bit sweeter. But, um, yeah, look, it was just nice to sort of enjoy each other's company, um, you know, away from a, a football environment. Um, I guess things probably did get a little bit messy later on in the evening, but I guess that's all the fun. You know, you do all the hard work during the year and, um, yeah, to obviously finish off with the premiership and then um, enjoy it in that way is, yeah, really special. Yeah, footy's full of heartbreak and joy. We see Dan McStay misses out the grand final. Johnny Noble played, I think, 83, 86 games straight and misses out. I really felt for him and you didn't get a chance, uh, Cooper. But what have you learned? What life skills and has it made, you think it's made you a better person or a more, more wise person now? Absolutely. I mean, I moved moved over to Melbourne as a as an 18-year-old. So um, I was obviously had a little bit, little bit of work experience previous to that. But, um, yeah, moved over as an 18-year-old, um, you know, sort of learned to fend more for myself a little bit whether you know that's just general life skills you know cooking washing all that sort of stuff so you know I matured in that area and then um yeah you know with the job itself there's a lot of like you said heartbreak and um you know tough conversations to be have and uh yeah I think I grew massively in that area um you know obviously using my initiative to chat with Fly um when I needed to and other coaches and yeah sometimes there are some tough conversations so um, yeah, the whole experience and um, that journey has definitely made me a better person, that's for sure. And so, Kuba, now is one of the toughest and most challenging times for someone who's been in the AFL. When you get delisted, you get moved on effectively. It's part of the industry, unfortunately. But what's the plans for you now? What, what What's next year look like? Are you uh, sort of waiting on a few things to happen? Are you thinking you'll be coming back to South Australia? What, what's the plans? Um, yeah, obviously... Yeah, like you said, it is pretty effective immediately. So um, at the moment, like I guess I still have that burning desire to to play at the highest level, and um, you know, still think I'm very capable of doing so. But at the moment, it is a little bit of a waiting game. So um, I've obviously spoken with my manager in the past couple of days, and um, there'll be some feelers, I guess, put out to some sample clubs. Um, you know, just sort of so we can get something set in stone as soon as possible, and. Um, yeah, from an AFL point of view, um, I'll probably have to wait until after the trade period um, once all clubs have all sort of got their their draft pick sorted and um, know what their draft hand looks like. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a waiting game at the moment, but 
uh, yeah, as soon as we can, we get something going, I'm definitely on board with that. Now, Coop, I'm earlier guest. Coop, I've got to ask about Nick Dacos. Your two years coincided with Nick Dacos. Two, I think the two best years I've seen from anyone, you know, from game one to game 40 or whatever. What's Nick like? You see him at training, he does all those special things at training as well as on, on match day? Yeah, the kids the kids are superstar. Um, and, yeah, to be able to be there and see it firsthand, there's no... There's no fluke about it. Um, he works extremely, extremely hard. Um, yeah, like you said, he practices all those things at training, and um, it's no shock that it comes natural on game day. So, um, yeah, obviously the most impressive first two years I've ever seen from from a first year player. And um, yeah, he's just a super talent. And I think this is only the beginning for him. I mean, to poll, you know, third in the Brownlow yeah. in your second year is pretty impressive. So. Um, yeah, he's a super talent, super kid, um, and yeah, really looking forward to watching him grow in the future. And to come second in your best and fairest after missing a few games as well, Josh Dacos, his brother, was the one who pipped him to win that. Uh, that would have been a pretty special night, the Copeland Trophy, uh, with uh, on the back of winning a premiership. Oh, absolutely, and I think you know the, the both of those kids, you know, they don't do it for the individual accolades. Obviously, it was very special to to get the premiership but um yeah i think those accolades for them are just uh, a massive reward for hard work cooper congratulations once again i mean yeah we love speaking with you you were so um joyful when when you got drafted and you and your head's up now you can hold your head high and whether you play it back at nord or wherever your, your footy's ahead of you and as you said you've grown in life experience and and all the best in the in the coming years no thank you guys i appreciate that Young Cooper Merley. He's Cooper. And we spoke about it. It happens, doesn't it? A lot of kids go full of expectation and hope and excitement. And I think the odds are you know, only one in three actually play a league game, all the, yeah, all the people drafted. Yeah, and the average lifespan of a player, it's gone up a little bit now, but it's only four years. So it's you don't see a lot of the cases of guys that are in the system for a couple of seasons and, and don't play a game. So it is really challenging. And, and this time in particular in today's day and age is really, really tough because... Guys like Cooper, and there'll be another 30 or 40 out there, will just be waiting for the trade period to happen. We'll be waiting for the draft potentially and going, hopefully there's a spot somewhere for me. And if not, where will I land? So it is a really tough one not knowing what the future looks like and where you'll be effectively in a month or two's time. Had a great attitude there, didn't he? Came across, you know, full of, you know, yeah, I enjoyed it. Nick Dacos, a great player. Loved being there for the grand final day. It was so exciting. Had some great discussions with um, Craig McRae. I mean, his attitude's just fantastic. Oh, it was. It was super. And um, and that should hold him in good stead. It should also hold him in good stead that he was at a premiership team, which you mentioned. The opportunities aren't always going to be there if you're at the best teams. And uh, I played with Zane Williams at the Eagles, who went to Geelong last year and unfortunately was went to the premiership team. It's hard to get into. So you do see that and you do see those stories. Where do you see Collingwood going? They're after Lockie Shields. Um, it, they'll be a destination club. I imagine they wouldn't have any great picks, but They've got the bones to keep going, haven't they? You've got Pendlebury that's an older player. The one or two are side bottoms the other one. But most of the guys are in the, in the in the sweet spot. Yeah, no, you're right. They definitely do. I mean, you look at their best and fairest results and it's Josh Dacos and Nick Dacos, one and two. They're going to be around for a very long time. They've signed seven-year contracts. Uh, Braden Maynard came in after that, so he will be there for, for a while longer. Isaac Quainer had a really good year. You've got Jack Crisp, Brody Majek, Darcy Moore, the skipper. So, again, plenty of time ahead of those guys. Degoe, a few more years, but as you mentioned, it's only really Penelby and Sidebottom that are losing. 
Lockie Shields will be a good addition. Oh, he yeah. finished in Frio's top six in the best and fairest, so that would be a big loss for them. It's, it's good when you – Tom Mitchell, I don't know if you caught the comments there just quickly. He he was forced out of Hawthorne. He said yep. he was treated like – pretty well absolutely like a dog. He comes to Collingwood, a place in a grand final. Isn't it funny how, how your foreskins are changed just like that? You go from, God, am I washed up on my finish? He's yeah. a Brownlow medalist. Sliding doors moments, isn't it? And he plays in a grand final. Yeah, it was. It was rather incredible. And, and he not just played in a grand final – he was very good in the grand final as well. He, he certainly was. Uh, Beaumont Tiles are giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you're in with a chance. Well, once again, it was a, uh, a, a big show, a really big show tonight. Uh, we spoke with uh, Daniel Norton. We spoke about the, the trade updates and young Cooper Murley. It's just um, so heartbreaking. I wish he could have just played a game, but... His attitude, absolutely outstanding. Dan, that's just about it for us. You're off for a run? I'm going to go for a little run. Nice night for a wheeled, so you can come with me if you want. Oh, doubt. Maybe tomorrow night. All right, and tomorrow night. And that's when we do it all again between 6 and 7. Bye for now. See you then. didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supported.